Welcome in to another edition of the Tiffany Cake Podcast, episode, episode 447. Charlie here with you, Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Hope everybody is doing well, staying warm, cold as hell out there here in Milwaukee. Got a good show today. We're going to talk about whether the Packers are hurt by playing in the NFC North. We'll also chat in the playoffs for that matter. We'll also talk about Drew Holiday's all-star candidacy, not just an all-star, but maybe an all-star starter. We will end with pushing the panic button on Major League Baseball, or are we going to, with the season getting closer and closer, and no one seems to make any moves. Before we get started, though, the boy Mitch here with me. How you doing, buddy? Hanging right in there. Uh, you know, back in the back in the fold after a uh, about with the with the big sick and uh, yeah. you know kind of kind of getting back to my normal groove here this week so um, ready to rock and roll with the pod and, uh, and keep her flowing yeah absolutely real quick just a quick weather take I know people hate our weather takes um, I was walking a dog today um, and just so goddamn windy out there and I'll tell you what I don't know if I'm stupid or something but I can never judge the wind. I always seem to be just walking right into the wind. And I'm like, I just feel like the dumbest person ever. Like, I'm like, I just stupid. Like, really? Or is it just, does this happen to you? Or I just are you think able it's, to... uh, I think it's just a, a matter of the fact that it's just really windy. And no matter what you do, you're, you're going to be, you know, they say that, especially growing up in Wisconsin in the winter, you know, it gets windy, it gets cold. They say to kind of keep your back to the wind and you're good. And like, it's easier said than done, especially when you, you know, if you're in like a city or, you know, I have more heavily populated area where the wind just kind of, there's wind tunnels everywhere and it, it's oh. probably cutting, cutting through buildings. Yeah. You, know, you, you really, you really have nowhere to run. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I went, it's probably, I went, probably a little bit of both, but I went <laughs> through a wind, I went through a wind tunnel today and I thought I was in Siberia. I'm not going to lie, not to be dramatic. It was just absolutely fucking awful. But that's that's our weather take, uh, Mitch and I's weather podcast, uh, soon to be out on Patreon. Um, so stay tuned for that. But we obviously got to talk about the Green Bay Packers. They are, have clinched the NFC North. Well, the Green Bay are a while back, and that's what we're going to talk about here. They have another divisional game, but they also clinched the one seed, um, and they are going to host playoff games in Lambeau Field for both the divisional round and the Packers to advance the NFC Championship game. Uh, it's the second straight year. But this year is a lot different with all of the fans. Aaron Rodgers alluded to that in during the Manning cast on Monday with Pepe and Eli. And it, it's really exciting. It's always exciting to be the top dog. And I think Packers are the favorite. They have a target on their back. But there's obviously that demon that lurks of the postseason failures have been alive and well for the last really – decade plus i guess is the best way to say it i mean it's been that way since 2011 so you brought an interesting theory and i'll i'll let you tell the class tell the audience about the nfc north and how it might be affecting you know the the packers as they get closer and closer to the postseason i've just kind of been thinking for the better part of this season that you know really since the matt lafleur era has begun we are now in our third third year and it's been it's been nothing short of tremendous. Um, but, you know, in that sort of a problem, I feel like has presented itself in those playoff games where, you know, they kind of coast through the season because they're getting 
essentially no pressure from anyone else in the division. Now, as you know, we will go through, you know, 20, uh, what was that? 2019, I guess there was a little bit, but um, certainly the last two years, there has just been, I mean, really no game for the Packers where they absolutely had to win it um, throughout the regular season. And then when they get to the playoffs, you know, definitely in 2019, they got their, the brakes beaten off them, but um, there just seems to be, I don't know. I, I just, I wish you'd, you know, cause, cause a lot of people do complain about the lack of momentum. You know, now you have um, a meaningless week 18 game and then you'll have a bye. And a lot of people complain or worry or wonder about the lack of momentum heading into the playoffs, you know, and I guess I would argue that they, you know, do they really have, you know, a ton of momentum going into the playoffs, like regardless the last couple of years. And I just think that like playing in a better division or maybe if the Packers would God forbid, come back down, but come, come back to the pack, maybe it would help them. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, look at, look at the bucks. I mean, um, I really hate to cross compare, but it's like, no, it's fine. you know, last season they end up winning the championship and it, it wasn't their best season under Mike Budenholzer. I mean, they were third in the Eastern conference. And, you know, but, but they, but they did spend, you know, some, some time throughout the regular season trying to maybe work on some things that, that would um, benefit them in the postseason. And I, that's kind of where the rub is probably where it's, it's apples to oranges a little bit, but um, you know, I don't know how much the Packers no. could do to, to, to emulate the postseason, but right. because every game is, is pretty meaningful and all that, but um I guess I contradict myself, but I'm rambling. So no, 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 I'll cut you off here. I think, I think you have a good point. I think you bring up a good, you know, contention to where there could be some problems because they don't have that game like Arizona and the Rams do where they play each other or the Rams this weekend play the San Francisco 49ers to win the division. 49ers need to win that game to make sure they stay in the playoffs. That game matters to both of those teams. And that's the last week of the season. That's a great tune-up. The Dallas Cowboys still can, you know, fight for a potential two seed. So they're giving all their best effort. They're facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles team, who's going to be in the playoffs. And yeah, that's a limited advantage for a limited disadvantage to the Green Bay Packers because they are not having, you know, the the team to deal with. They have the Detroit Lions who are going to be fighting for a draft pick. I know Dan Campbell is going to have his guys bust his ass. And I know Dan Campbell doesn't care about a draft pick, but let's be honest. If a guy has a neck or a cut, he's probably not going to play. Oh, my ankle hurts, coach. All right, you're not playing this week. Oh, coach, I shoulders bothering me. All right, you're not playing. So, and Green Bay's starters are probably going to play a half, maybe a little bit more. And so, yeah, I can get that a little bit from the fan base. But I, I do hope they understand, like, it's not like Green Bay hasn't been in close games. They've been in a lot of one-score games this year. They've had a lot yeah. of experience. It's not like they're like a college team. I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Or like a Gonzaga, right, where, like, Gonzaga just blows through the West Coast Conference. West Coast Conference is actually very good this year. But in a most years, Gonzaga is just ship-pumping everybody everywhere. Doesn't matter but you're really not playing that upper echelon team. You're not running into Duke once in a while, or you're not running into North Carolina. Um, you, you don't really have that competition. 
And then you get to the postseason, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, we're leveled up. I don't think the Packers have to worry about that as much because just because I think they've faced some teams that were hungry dogs, like the Rams were a hungry dog, the Baltimore Ravens were a hungry dog, and I was on the road. Cleveland was a hungry dog. And you were in tight games. Now, granted, they could have been blowouts if the Packers would have just put the foot on their throat. And that's a concern, you know, going forward that they can't get too conservative, which we've definitely went through before with Mike McCarthy. But I, I just I do think it doesn't help that they get they don't have one tough division opponent. And they really haven't had it since that Minnesota in 2019. But even that year, the Packers got bad on cupcakes because remember. They were the third best team in the NFC North the year prior. So they got to play an easier schedule. And the Vikings also got fat. I mean, they were 10 and four. And then they lost the last two games. So the record doesn't look as good. But I mean, that game, that game meant something. And yeah, the last time the Packers have had to really fight, really go down the pack was the was the run the table year. And the run the table year, they were four and six. They were absolutely awful. And they came all the way back and beat the Lions on Sunday night in Detroit. And that was 10 and six and won the division. Incredible. And hosted a playoff game. It was unheard of. And I think there are some Packer fans. I want to do this podcast someday, whether it's with you or myself, because I always talk about it. Because I talk about that run the table year. And it's like, if they would have went eight and eight, right? Mike McCarthy's fired. And then there's a new coach in 2017, 2018. Who knows what happens in those years, but like, would you sacrifice? I don't remember who was available coaching wise. Would you sacrifice that for what you have right now with Matt LaFleur? I don't think so. I don't think any Packer fan would say, yeah, I would do the inverse and have two less years of Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I think a lot of people wanted McCarthy gone, but at the same time, um, I think you'd, you'd, you'd probably rather have your, your hat in the ring. Um, and I think we talked about that recently too, with some of the, some of the playoff failures over the years of the Packers. It's like, you're going to have those when you're, when you're in it every single year. And, oh, yeah. um, I guess it's just part of, part of, part of the ride. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it just, it would be, you know, and I was thinking too, like even the year they won the Super Bowl, um, you know, they were 10 and six in a wild card, I think. Right. Uh, had, uh, yes. Yeah. They, they had to, they had, they had to get lucky. I mean, that year and they were you, a total mash unit. Right. That year they had the Deshaun Jackson punt return that really sparked everything. Deshaun Jackson's punt return is like the difference and why they were able to get a chance. And then they have the Giants at Lambeau the next week, and Aaron Rodgers goes crazy in that game. And all they have to do is beat a Bears team where the Bears, it didn't matter to them. They were hosting the playoffs ran through Chicago. But the Bears started all their starters. They didn't want the Packers to get in. Lovey Smith had, you know, famously talked about how much he hated the Packers. And Green Bay grinded out a 10-3 game uh, in in a cold Lambeau in January to clinch the playoffs. And then they went on the road for three straight to win it and get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of the opposite of, of what they got this year. Right. And, and the last few years. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess there's n- numerous ways to skin a cat. and um, there's no right answer uh, at the end of the day, but I do hope that the Packers play their, their starters for, I'd say a half, yeah. you know, um, you know, you'd really hate for something bad to happen, but at the same time, um, 
I think you got to keep the foot on the gas as much as is logical. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying go out there and play the, play the whole damn game against Detroit, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're up, you know, 21 seven or something at halftime and can just kind of, you know, say it is what it is after that. And, and if they lose it, so be it because it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, I, I think that Rogers and Devonte have some, some numbers they want to hit. And, uh, I'm sure Devonte would like to pad his stats a little bit with, uh, free agency coming up. Yeah. You know, uh, Rogers, I think he's going to get that franchise tag and I think he's not going to be too happy about it. And I think that's going <laughs> to, going to be an issue. And then we'll get well, to hear all, we'll get to hear all the player empowerment people who are like, Oh, the franchise tag is the worst and all this other shit. And, like well, it's part of it's agreed upon it's fucking it's the cba right. man it's not it's not like it, this is something that the owners are like hey we're just gonna invent the franchise tag i i hate fucking people sometimes like even there were not many that uh defended antonio brown but the ones that did like you're such a cocksucker if you defended antonio brown like you just really yeah. are like there's i i get the mental health part whatever and Looking back on it, yeah, everyone did kind of play Twitter doctor and was like, oh, yeah, it must be CTE, the Vontez Perfect, yada, yada. It's like, eh, I don't know. But, well, yeah, I, oh, I, I think you can, I think you can, you can sort of say both that AB is, um, has some problems. Oh, but yeah. what he did, what he, what he did was, was pretty unprofessional and out, and out of line and probably could be could be the end for him in the NFL, which, you know, that was probably the only situation that he could have survived in. And that's probably why, but I want to go back real quick to um, the franchise tag and Devante, yeah. you know, I feel like that's, that might happen, but that's not like a Packer thing to do. No. Packers typically kind of find a way to take care of their guys. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe that, maybe if it does help them to franchise them for one year, you know, maybe they can, clear some more cap the following year and or whatever they have to do to to get him long term but i don't know that would be interesting i mean it's not a packer thing to do but they're kind of in a spot where they have to get creative and probably have to do some things that that they don't want to do i think they're going to tell him like hey dude here's here's the deal you can either play for like three million dollars this year and you're going to get take a massive pay cut just for this year We'll give you your money. We'll give you three years, four years, whatever, 25, 30 million a year. But that first year is going to be extremely light because we have no money to spend. And we can also go the route of the franchise tag and then work it out to balance out a little bit. Cause I think he will just be given two roads and we'll see which one he takes. Because I don't think that's to me the only way that it can happen is if they give him a very, if it's team friendly year one, and then it's kind of backloaded the last three years, similarly to what Rogers contract is. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they will have to do something like that, but oh, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it's, we, we, that's a we'll have discussion. A, we'll have a lot of off season time to talk about that. I mean, that will be a hell of an off season for the Packers, just no matter really what happens, the takes are going to fly. It's going to be silly season from really this end of whenever the season Packers season ends till really when free agency starts, when the draft starts, it's going to be just absolutely absurd. The content will just spew 
out of everybody's eardrums, fake rumors left and right. It'll it'll be a good it'll be a real good time. But yeah, I'm I'm cool with a a starting for a basically a quarter or a half. I think a half's good. Um, I like that. Um, I will be in Hawaii um, hanging out. I'll be driving, so I might might throw up the YouTube TV. I'm not driving. I'll be in the passenger seat. My wife doesn't trust me to drive um, in places that are not my own, which is another story for another time. doesn't need to really be addressed here. <laughs> but uh, so I think we have like a three-hour drive to the North Shore, and we're driving in the morning, and we're about four hours behind. So as the Packers kick off, it'll be about 8 a.m. Hawaii time, which is wild. And, uh, yeah, so probably we'll check in a little bit if I can at least see the scores. But, yeah, I don't don't imagine I'll be watching a ton of football. And it's okay. You know what? We've kind of talked about it at the open. We almost did it as a topic. Season's too so the, fucking long, man. Games are, game, games are done in Hawaii at, like, 5.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. It's the – Glorious. I mean, yeah, the three uh, – yeah, the seven seven twenty games, so the Raiders and Chargers – That'll start at about 320. So, like, when the usual 320 games are getting done with, that's when it's getting done in Hawaii. It's basically just a interval ahead, if you will. So, you just don't have the night games. You just have the night yeah. to yourself. It's like it's like having a, a London game day. Exactly. With, without without the night game. Exactly. Yeah, I, I could really probably get amazing. used to it, if we're being honest. Um, that, sounds, that sounds okay. 8 a.m. Might be tough to get up for for the noon games, but Packers better play any noon games as is. So what's what's it to me, right? Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, but I'm I'm okay with it. Honestly, it's I'm not like this isn't a week where I'm like, oh my god, like would is 49ers Rams gonna probably be pretty good? Yeah, would Raiders and Chargers be entertaining? I think so, but there's not to say like I can't find a bar if we end up finding a bar where the game's on i'm like all right sit down and watch but like that's not gonna force it that's the key on vacation by the way for those who don't have significant others or haven't traveled with your significant other you don't force sports you just let it happen if it ends up happening you just go oh you know this game's on i did that in austin with the bucks and the sixers it's like a big Bucks sixers game on a thursday night and i was just like oh you know what the bucks are playing tonight we should go uh See if there's a bar we could watch the fourth quarter. It's about that time. Just checking scores. I'd obviously gambled on it. And then you just find your way to it. And there you go. That's it's a, it's foolproof at this point. You could write a book on it, bitch. <laughs> You're getting good at it. Trying to, man. That's it's what it's what happens when you travel for a while. But yeah, it should be a good time. We'll obviously update the fam on the uh, podcast and everything else as the uh, week goes on. But yeah, so I I think that's pretty much it for for the Green Bay Packers. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, they are currently in action. We're taping as they might be on pace for 150 points. No lie, uh, they're beating the Raptors currently. Well, yeah, so. it's, it's it's funny because they just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on Monday when they lost to the Pistons, and now. You know, without Giannis, without half the team, you know, it's just going to be, you're right, they're on pace for like 140 points again. And, so, and, and the Pistons um, are getting pumped by the Charlotte Hornets tonight, too. So, well, yeah. it's, there's it's, that. You know, the, the, the Monday loss was, I mean, really no skin off my ass, but, you know, it, you don't want to lose to a team yeah. like that. But it, it really was like just one of those nights. And, you know, I was wondering, you know, at some point, I think it was about this 
this time last season in terms of games played where wasn't it the Bucks played the Raptors those two games at home and we just oh, looked yeah. like a team yeah. that just like Bud almost got fired that week. Yeah, they and, lost five straight games. They were they then had the Oklahoma City on that Friday and they were able to win and then they kind of got it going again. Yeah, that was that was bad bad times. But it was that about was, like the like the maybe 40 to you know 40 games into the season or so and I feel like it was, you know, kind of the sky was falling a bit and, you know, things ended up working out. Um, so I'm, I, you know, like I I've been through hell and back, right. With, <laughs> with the bucks now. So it's like, I'm not going to lose my mind. If you lose to a six win team and we're a 17 and a half point favorite and you lose by nearly double digits. Um, you put it that way. It sucks. But at the same time, if you watch the game, it was like, you know, which this has become a theme with the Bucks lately. A couple guys had career nights. And, um, you know, I was I actually went back and looked. I mean, Jackson Hayes had 23 goddamn points <laughs> on Saturday. And I, he probably hasn't scored that all season to put together. I think he's missed a lot of games. Um, you had Sadiq Bay and Josh Jackson. And there was, oh, Franz Wagner against, yeah. against the Magic last week at 38 fucking points. Right. I mean, it's just... Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't follow, you know, I'm not as, as close to the situation with other teams, but it's like, man, the Bucks seem to give up, you know, career nights to guys that, that, that don't necessarily, I want to say don't deserve it, but that haven't shown that ability. That are on, that, it, that it's unexpected, you know, that yeah, it's six or it, seven threes from one guy, right. that, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a routine act now. And, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, no, it I, I, the only thing I said I would after Tuesday's pod, I just was like, the only thing that I now think about is the Bulls, right? And we're now, I think, one or one yeah. or one game back, two games back from the Bulls. And so now, like, it kind of matters that if we lose a game and the Bulls do win that night, like, I do think the Bulls are going to have their comeuppets. They've played a really easy schedule, just like the Bucks. And I think who's going to win out in those matchups? It's going to be the Bucks versus the Bulls. Well, so I won't. It won't surprise me if the Bucks are on top come March fifteenth, or you know, I think that's probably that's probably when you start seeing the Bucks end up being the top team in that in the in the Central Division. Well, and remember too, like Chicago and Brooklyn have both had like a couple games postponed. I mean, Brooklyn's yeah. had like five games postponed. Right. I mean, those, those aren't automatic wins and they're, it's going to be like, I was just thinking, it's going to be like, remember that one year when the Chicago Cubs had a ton of games, like in August yeah, and September that they had to make up. Right. Like I know that they're already rescheduling games and they're, they're all happening. I think, you know, like in February. So, um, but you know, they're going to have some, some pretty fucked up, you know, weeks I'm sure yeah. where, you know, Brooklyn's going to have to go to Portland, I think probably on like a one-off road trip type thing. So um, that's not going to be easy. I mean, no, no. Who Even knows? Though, uh, I haven't, I haven't looked, but you know, maybe they're in, who knows? I'm guessing they're probably somewhere. No, know, they, of the Mississippi. They'll, they'll figure it out, but it just adds another, it adds another road trip. It adds another plane ride. It adds another, it's all, all that stuff adds up. Man. All of it adds up. I will add real quick on Portland. Can you guess, so per 100 possessions, now the worse you are, it's like you could be 110, 120, whatever. How bad do you think 
uh, Portland's defense has been in the last five games? For 100 possessions. Um, honestly, sadly, I wouldn't really even have a foggiest clue. 130? Yeah. 131, which is awful. It's absolutely terrible. Um, but, yeah. I, we're not here about to talk about Portland, though. Here to talk about Drew Holiday. And how do we get Drew Holiday as the NBA All-Star starter? Now, All-Star games in other sports don't exactly matter. I think for baseball, it matters if you're like the all-star pitcher, starting pitcher. I think that holds some weight. I think that the NBA, being an NBA starter really matters because it's five guys. That's it. That's it. And it's not, it's not like the Pro Bowl where no one gives one fuck. All-star weekend is a big deal. It has been, you know, in years past. In the last few years, because of COVID, it hasn't really been, been a thing. But it's going to be a big deal yet again. And I want Drew Holiday to be the starting point guard. So, Mitch, I guess I ask you, Ooh. how realistic is the starting position? And then, or it's, am I just shooting my wad a little too far to just settle for him being an all-star? Um, I just, man, NBA All-Star is such a popularity contest. Yeah, very true. That it's, it's really hard to um, – say that he could become a starter I you know I, I don't know what his numbers are but I know he's been on quite a quite a run here of games he's been in probably over 20 points for you know I don't know if it's 10 games in a row or anything like that but it might be like eight out of ten or nine out of ten you know it seems like he's always you know kind of become that second option I feel like Giannis has missed you know a good chunk of games here in the last month and Drew Holiday has kind of just been that sort of mainstay now, obviously, Giannis is going to – I mean, it would take, you know, probably near death for Giannis to not be an all-star starter. So, uh, whether he plays, you know, or not, we're going to have at least one. I don't know. But who else is there? I mean – So, so I just pulled up something. Like Trey uh, Young? Like yeah. Really? Okay. So, I'm so glad you brought Trey Young. You, like, set me up. you like, I, you like, Charlie, I fucking knew well, that's who it's, you were going to say Trey Young. Like, that's, hey, that's who it's going to be. Yes. On NBA.com, all their big J's are, like, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan. What the fuck are we doing? Trey Young? Are you kidding me? Like, look, I understand I'm going to rant. I'm just – just sound the alarm. Get it going. This is – Sorry, this is a, a game review rant in a podcast form. Trey Young is played on a trash team. That team is not good. They followed up an Eastern Conference appearance, and they're barely in the playoffs. I think they actually might be out of the playoffs. And this motherfucker is going to be the all-star starter? Are you fucking kidding me? DeMar DeRozan deserves it, 100%. No, I'm not. I will not argue that. I will not even for that one that's a lock all right but trey young because he's third in the nba and scoring who gives a fuck he's <laughs> he's third in assist okay cool great in some fucking games all these other guys yeah. who are in there are playoff contenders and how depending on how you feel about the bulls championship contenders i don't feel that way but some do everybody else because it's really simple. Because the front courts for everybody is Giannis, Durant, and Bede. It's easy. That's a done yeah. deal. 
and yeah. it's Trey <clears throat> Trey fucking Young. And then it, and then it's one guy adds. Hopefully, Lamelo Ball gets some love for the reserves because he deserves to be there. What? I mean, Lamelo's Lamelo's taking a step, but is Lamelo really at the All Star level? What? I mean, oh, some. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone did mention Zach Levine and Trey Young. That's quite the zag from Demar Derozan. That's well. I was gonna say they're gonna, you know, Levine might sneak his way in there, but I, yeah, Levine's I gonna be know. Levine's gonna be an All Star probably, and. You're probably going to have Levine as an all-star. You're probably going to have DeRozan as an all-star. Drew Holiday deserves it. If Drew Holiday is not an all-star, I I will do something fierce online. I don't know what, but I, I'll just – if the Bucks have one all-star after a championship, just the disrespect, so real. And I missed this when I was talking about Middleton struggles yesterday, but, like, if – the Bucks were the Lakers. I think there would be already like two ringer pieces, probably a Simmons podcast topic about what's wrong with Middleton. But since the Bucks are in flyover country, no one, no one's really noticed that Middleton's been struggling. And yeah. and that's the same with Holiday. Like if you watch the Bucks, and maybe because the Bucks play the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night, because they play the Warriors next Thursday, probably the one game I'm mad that I'm missing when I'm in Hawaii. By the way. Um, that maybe people will then, because they're on national television a little bit, they'll be like, all right, I'm going to vote for Drew Holiday, especially if he has a good game or he locks a Curry uh, in the Golden State game. Like, I think there's an opportunity for maybe Holiday to then get some of that national shine where people say, well, why why are we advocating for Trey Young when really we should be advocating for Drew Holiday? I can't believe that. I, I get that Trey Young is a very popular athlete, especially among the TikTok generation, especially among the house of highlights assholes. Like that's who Trey Young plays to. And he's going to get a ton of votes that way. But I'm sorry, real ones know that Drew Holiday should be right there with Jamar DeRozan. Yeah, so Drew is at 18 and a half a game, seven and a half field goals. Uh, How many assists here? Good Lord, ESPN.com has six and a half assists. I mean, yeah. 18, 18 and six. I mean, the defense. I, look, I, I just, I think there is some real, there's some real with the, in terms of just how Drew's played and how he's basically kept the Bucks, you know, in the fight. And you look at his numbers. I think uh, Bally had it today with his numbers without Giannis have been incredible this year. It's like 24 points a game. Like he's really stepped up in those moments because they've been without Giannis is now their eighth game without Giannis Antetokounmpo thus far this season. So it's not like Giannis has been um, a rock star in terms of staying as very healthy is the right word, but just staying on the court, just Corona. Now he has a non COVID illness. And so, yeah, I, I think he is deserving of it. I don't think Middleton deserves an all-star spot at all. So I will admit that to anyone who wants to listen. But, yeah, I think Giannis and Holiday definitely deserve it. I don't really see Bobby Portis um, making it. I mean, it'd be a fun story, but I just – I don't know. I, I have trouble seeing him as, like, an yeah. all-star reserve. I, there's I, only, what, 12 – there's only 12 spots, right? Yeah, it would have to like, be something like somebody got hurt and Bobby's filling in for that guy um, because – I mean, it would, be, it would be a miracle if Bobby <laughs> – yeah. I mean – I don't know. I, I'm trying to find the, I guess, the passion, the same passion that you do about who's on the all-star team and who's not. 
Um, Do you not care? I mean, it's nice. I, I don't think Drew Holiday's been an all-star before, which is pretty brutal. But that's a lot of that comes from playing in the West for all those years with yeah. Lillard and Steph Curry. Right. Um, I just, yeah, like it, it, go, it goes along with just like the overall like sort of drama-free, headline-free, you know, part that I love about the Bucks, where it's just like, you know, they're not the flashiest team, but you know, they're going to D you up and, and they're going to, they're going to beat your ass. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it would be, it would be criminal for, but I'm telling you, it's going to be Trey Young. I'm sorry. No, I know. I, I know. It's good. It's fine. It's, it, it'll be great content when it happens. That's what we look forward to. It'll be a great Instagram, TikTok video for me. I'll be able to just yell and scream at my phone. Some guy asked me yesterday after my Marquette review if I was drunk. And I was like, no, dude, I just like, yeah, it was an old guy. Just like, no, I just like yelling at my phone. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but, and two, like, I just, I quickly glanced at like the same, the same article, but for the West. And it's like, there were multiple people not going to vote for John Morant into the, into the, as an all-star starter. It's Steph and Chris Paul. And it's like, or Steph and Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think John Morant's in that MVP conversation, but like, I feel like John Morant, you know, kind of deserves that. Like, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not necessarily even a deserving. It's just, is he? He might not be as popular as you know CP3 or Donovan Mitchell, and that's just where it'll end up being. And so then we'll be outraged about it. But Ja, well, so ja, there's a uh, this NBA math Twitter account. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you follow it. They, they tweeted out that they're, they have a um, RPR MVP predictor that yeah. determines all-stars. And they have uh, Drew Holiday as, a, as the, last, the last guy on to make the all-star team, the last wild card spot. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, I see this. They have the wild card. So the last... I think that's, that's a little bit more realistic. Probably. Yeah, just because I, like if it's not Trey Young, it's probably going to be Harden. Yeah, starting at as point guard, just again because of you know, I mean, they, you know, Harden would make more sense to me than Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, and he just because I mean said, the Hawks are are bad. Yeah, and then obviously there's a Raptors fan who wants Van Vliet in there, and just another reminder that Fred Van Vliet, that Raptors fans are maybe the worst scum on Twitter, but that's just another story for another time, you know? Well, I don't think you want to see Fred Van Vliet's line tonight, so. Well, we know, what Fred, from three, we know what Fred Van Vliet does against the Bucks. I mean, it's just, it's fine. He's our daddy. It's just how, yeah. how life, how life is. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I was a little too ambitious uh, with the all-star starter. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but uh, maybe we'll have it as like the headline, the ambitious plea for Drew Holiday to be an all-star. I, I just like, I don't get it. I don't get the Trey Young thing at all. I, I, I saw the NBA math guy said like, yeah, it, we, it, we do factor in that he has not played on a good team, but he's still having a good season. I don't know. I, I just feel like that, yeah, that, I mean, should ma- that should matter. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just an old, old guy. Maybe I'm just being old, yeah. old dude right now. Well, I think it's at the end of the day, yes, he scores a lot of points and he 
I think because of what happened in, in New York last summer, um, you know, that sort of raised his profile oh, yeah. to kind of the, the next, the next level. And, you know, I just go back to, it is a popularity contest. I mean, it's Twitter votes, you know, count and, you know, the TikTokers probably like Trey Young. And, oh, yeah. um, I don't necessarily hate him, but I don't necessarily like the way he plays either. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's him and James Harden are kind of the, kind of the poster children for, I mean, bad basketball that, you know, that, um, the Gary Wolfels of the world are tweeting about and, and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, all they do is shoot threes. And, you know, I love those. Um, you know, I follow some like people on Twitter that covered the league in like the nineties and don't really anymore and stuff like that. And there's, you know, periodically there's a tweet about, you know, Oh, the Celtics were four for 44 from three or whatever. Um, you know, and that would have never happened. And there's 60 replies, you know, of from old white guys about how each game's a glorified three point contest. And I like, mean, okay. Me, did you see? Did you see the guy from the me, Knicks last me, night? Did you see the Knicks? The NBA. Did you see the Knicks one last night though? I did not. I don't know. I don't know oh, I mean. a guy had a clear layup to the basket, dribbled out to shoot a three, and he missed it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was. I mean, you'll see that. You'll see that probably once a game. Oh, I mean, it was where it was more egregious, Mitch. Come on, it was bad. I'll have to find it. I will send it. it I'm telling you, once you see it, well, I was watching. I was watching Cleveland and Gold, uh, Memphis on yeah. Tuesday night, and Stephen Adams had the ball. Stephen fucking Adams had the ball. Like he could have dunked it, but he but he threw it right out to a three, and I'm pretty sure they missed it. And yeah, it was but like wow. I mean, to steal there was like two minutes left in the game, and it was a close game. To steal a line from Ryan Rosello, I think he has PTSD from playing with Russell Westbrook, probably. And just, you know, that's just an instinct at this point for Steven Adams. Russ just demanded the ball every time he every time Adams got it. So um, but last last thing about the box really quick. Um, they played a Nets on Friday. If you're messed not talking to you about it, I'm sure I'll do a little bit on it um for Friday's show. But anything that you can like lean from that, just do big. Big NBA games in the regular season matter. Does this carry any weight? No Kyrie, obviously, because of the vaccine stuff. Who knows the pack? Uh, the pack. The Bucks are going to have Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton uh, due to health and safety protocols. So that's a disadvantage. Giannis, who knows what, how sick he is. Um, obviously, if Giannis doesn't play, you throw it out. But do you think anything can be gleaned from that game against Brooklyn? Now this is round two after you play them opening night. Well, it'd be the toughest opponent the Bucks have played probably since Brooklyn on opening night. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure there's been a – I mean, Boston on Christmas Day was – you know, that was a fun game. That was a great win. Um, but Boston's very much a, you know, 45-win team at best right. probably. So, you know, I can't think of – I guess Miami a couple times. Yeah, um, Miami. Miami would be the answer. kind of – I've blocked out – I've blocked out like two-thirds of those games. <laughs> and I think the one they actually won, I didn't watch. So, um, classic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I hope so. You know, I, I hope Giannis plays and I hope we can get the win and, and feel great about ourselves. And, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it is because just because, 
you want to see where you're at. You know, we're, 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 we're past Christmas now. I think it's, I think it's fair to, to say that it's, you know, a little bit of a measuring stick game. Um, again, especially with, with Giannis and we'll see that's only two days away. So, or, or one day away. Yeah. Um, if you do, I mean, it'll, it depends on what he is. If he has the poops, I mean, that can be a one day thing or, if, but if he just has a bad head cold and was like, yeah, I'm having migraines. I can't go tonight. Then maybe that can be a longer thing. I mean, they do have Charlotte the next night. I'd be pretty salty if like, he can't go against Brooklyn, but he somehow can go against Charlotte uh, the night after. But I mean, that can happen. That does happen yeah. from time to time. These guys don't care. Interesting about that, that he's just coming back from COVID basically. And then like, what? 10 days later, he's got an, a non-COVID illness. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I hear you, but I wonder if it's just that he ate something bad and has the shits and just can't yeah. like, I mean, as someone who went through food poisoning, I couldn't do shit for a couple of days. All I could do was shit, really. Um, yeah. And Lily chimed well, in; she dealt with it um, too. She, but yeah, she was, heard the she heard the buzzword. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, went like, sorry, went three times today. She's fine. Uh, trust me, she she does not need any more time outside in that godforsaken weather. But yeah, it's eh, who knows. We'll hopefully get Giannis back. It's a tough stretch, though. I mean, you go Brooklyn, then you have to go to Charlotte the next night. Stay in Charlotte for the weekend. That sucks. And then you're Charlotte again on Monday before heading home to play Golden State on, on, on Thursday. So should be uh should should see what happens. But then that Chicago game, two Fridays from now, getting getting excited for that one. That should be a lot of fun. We'll definitely talk about that when I return from the island, as they usually say in Hawaii. But yeah, should be uh should be good. Last thing before we wrap here. We have the baseball lockout, which is still happening. Uh, baseball has been quieter than a church mouse. Have not heard ba- baseball's name be even uttered. Uh, I think the only notable thing that happened in baseball over the last few weeks were a bunch of guys went to Casey McDonald and Aaron Ho- Eric Hosmer's wedding. Uh, Eric Lauer well, being one of them, former Hosmer team. You had the uh, you had the Ken Rosenthal thing. Oh yeah, yes. And then to add fuel to the fire, really. Ken Rosenthal gets fired by Rob Manfred because he was mean to him and Rob uh, is a baby and uh, basically pooped his pants and said, I can't have Ken on the broadcast anymore. And basically everybody ripped Manfred. Manfred, I said, I tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago that I think Manfred's worse than Goodell at this point. Uh, I mean, Roger Goodell could be a prick and Roger Goodell is as much of a capitalist as any person, any Republican, any private sector libertarian guy that you'll know or gal. But I I do think Roger Goodell like tries to come to the table and negotiate and isn't so full of himself that he won't try to negotiate, try to get the best deal for who he's working for, the owners. But he, I, I think he'll also try to extend a hand a little bit and compromise. I don't think Roger, I don't think Rob Manfred's doing that. And if they are going to do the kind of this type of shit, it's all under the table. Like, Hey, don't get it out into the media. Like, I don't think it's a surprise that ESPN has two Saturday, Saturday games all of a sudden. And after ESPN lightened up on their coverage of the NFL and did not necessarily have the, you know, basically this whole thing about, you know, coming down hard on the league and all of a sudden they get better games. They have a Monday night playoff game. They have a Super Bowl coming up. Like, 
this is not by coincidence, right? But you didn't hear any of that. That's just us who are who are nerds about this shit who can who like think about it. But yeah, I mean, Manfred's a complete asshat, and it leaves me no confidence that they're going to get something figured out. And I'm going to have to deal with my father not having baseball in April, and him just maybe then he becomes a huge Bucks fan. I don't know. Then he's just like, fuck baseball. I'm just going to become a basketball fan. And then I have to deal with his takes on the Bucks, which I can, I can handle. So my question, yeah. I guess, to you is, are you worried that Manfred is going to fuck this up and the Bucks are, or the baseball season is just not going to happen? Uh, I mean, I have a hard time saying it's not going to happen, but I don't think they're, it doesn't seem like they're going to start on time. I mean, we're, we're 30 days into this thing and, you know, as Jeff Passon has wrote about that, you know, there's um, hasn't even really been a conversation. I, like, I feel like it's not that hard. Like, just get it done. I mean, I don't know. I I tend to agree. There's I, there's I, so many so many so many layers to it though too. Right. But um, to your point about Goodell, I mean, you know, everybody's in the NFL. Everybody's making so much money, and there's there's a lot to lose and, and not with the NFL, not, not that there isn't in baseball, but um, you know, the NFL, you know, they, they, they've come very close. They went into what training camp that one year mm-hmm. and it was like DEFCON one and they figured oh, yeah. it out and <clears throat> like they, like they should have. And it, um, you know, they got it done, but I don't know. Baseball is just so weird. I just, I don't know. I think they're, every, they're, I, I think both sides are really dug in. I think both sides do not like each other. But I think what you have to do is you have to have cooler heads prevail. And at some point, Rob Manfred has to go. And maybe this Rosenthal thing ends up being a turning point for him. And he realizes I'm the bad guy. And uh, I need to I need to figure out what do I need to do to kind of bring people back? And how do I make sure that baseball keeps the momentum rolling and how do I gain the trust of the players? That's the problem. I don't think anybody trusts Manfred. I don't think anybody trusts baseball right now. I mean, there were accusations that balls were being doctored to influence results, you know, that they use two baseballs for that field of dreams game and that they would use other balls for other games, which is a wild accusation. Like, I mean, that's a little bit conspiracy theorist, but like the fact that some people are thinking about that, it is absolutely crazy. And that's, if that's where we're at, we're in some real trouble and who knows, maybe they, they do need to just shut it down and, and just sort of rebuild it. And I don't think they can afford a full year off. I don't even think they can afford a full spring off like April and May. I think that would be terrible for baseball. I think that would be a, a colossal mistake for them because I, I think you have a real chance of getting swallowed up by the NBA. And if the NHL now has a better, and they have a better TV deal, they have ESPN now, they have TNT, like if they, they're not, they're not slouches. They're on more channels. People are like, all right, I can't watch, can't watch baseball. Why don't I check out playoff hockey? All of a sudden I'm now, an Avalanche fan more than I'm a Rockies fan. I'm a Blackhawks fan more than I am a White Sox fan. And that, and not the Blackhawks fan, I'm in class, whatever. I'm not even going to try to talk hockey. But you get my point, right? And yeah. I think baseball has to realize that. Baseball has to see 
that they are yeah. they are at a critical situation because people yeah, watch. That's, that's why but, it's worth discussing is because baseball's kind of on life support in terms of like national popularity and then you know all shit like this stuff is drive people away you know the common the common person just sees a bunch of millionaires and billionaires fighting about stuff and you know they have a tough time you know i don't know i guess like in a weird way the the problems of of baseball and basketball just seem to um i guess add to the popularity of football in yeah. the NFL where, you know, for whatever reason, you know, people like football just continues to just absorb, you know, fans and, and like, it's just it, like, it's not, it's obviously the concentration of popularity in, in America is for the NFL is, I mean, I'm not going to say a hundred percent, but you know, I guess living in Wisconsin, you know, people can't get enough of the shit, oh, but yeah. you know, maybe if you go to rural Florida or something, they're not, you know, but um, no, it just I, seems that like the problems that the NBA have with, with national popularity, everybody wants to talk about ratings and all that. Um, you know, baseball is like, I mean, just totally on life support. Did you see the college football ratings this year? They were massive. And it wasn't even the playoffs. Like, they were massive across the board. I mean, Tennessee and fucking Purdue, and that was an awesome game, and it was a good time slot. They had, like, 5 million people watch that. That game started in the middle of the afternoon. And I know people are like, oh, they should bump up the NFL season. I I think the dirty secret, I know people will push back on this. I think the NFL really wants to fuck with college football. I don't think they, they could if they wanted to. But I don't think they want people to choose. I think they would. They like the separation. They like that the college football has kind of become the minor leagues of the NFL, which it has. And it's it's always been that way, but it's even more as, you know, it's continued and the NIL and the Alabama and everything like that. So, yeah, baseball loses out. And, you know, if I'm Mark Antanasio and I'm just sitting down, can't see Mark as a Scotch guy. See Mark as like a martini guy. He's having a martini. It's probably somewhere warm right now. He's like, we should really force Manfred out. Like, to me, that's the way you save this, is the owners come together and basically say, we're voting Manfred out, whether it's Bud Selig, whether it's Theo Epstein, whether it's somebody else. I think you need a new voice in there to handle these negotiations because I don't think Manfred can do it. And maybe the Rosenthal thing is the straw that breaks the candles. Like, Rosenthal is like, He's as respected as anybody in the game. Like, I, I mean, I don't know who is as respected as Ken Rosenthal. He, no one really dislikes him. Like, even when he'll say a shitty thing about the brew, he rarely like stirs the pot. He's still be, he's still a reporter. Like Jeff Passan, in my opinion, is in that like Shefty, who I don't mind Passan, but he's in that Shefty Woj like sort of thing where it's, uh, it, there, there is some of that, but yeah, it's we'll see. Yeah, yeah, you you might be right. It's just it is a little bit troubling, and you know when you talked about, um, is it you know in our our pre-show meeting, we can talk about is it time to push the panic button? 
on the lockout. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I guess I, I really hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. Um, largely. Ooh. And it's, uh, yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's bad. That's bad news bears, man. And who knows what'll happen. I'm sure it'll get uglier before it'll get better. As Andrew Brandt likes to say, uh, deadlines spur action. And so we'll see, but they're coming up on that deadline. So hopefully some movement will happen in the, uh, in the coming days. That should uh, do it for us this week. Next week we'll be off. I will talk to Mitch. He'll have the keys if he wants them. So if he wants to tape something with somebody, he certainly can. He doesn't have to. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk to you guys in two weeks. We'll get ready for the first pack of playoff game. Speaking Talk of about collectively, collectively bargaining things and, and uh, lockouts. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Are you locking out on me? Like I'm fucking sick I, of I, you. I, I was going to say we'll have to we'll have to negotiate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it'll all just depend on how mad at you are. If the Bucks like, lose to Brooklyn and then they lose to Charlotte too, like you'll be real cranky. And then it's like, I'm not doing anything. I don't want to talk to people. Um, that's all. That's all mood defended for you, big guy. But yeah, uh, we'll definitely uh, definitely chat, and I'll have a show tomorrow. It'll probably be the last of these shows. I I wasn't even gonna try to pretend to the people this week that I was like, oh, I'll pre-tape some stuff. I'm like, yeah, if this is my only job, I would have like stuff pre-taped, and we could do a bunch of fun stuff. But not enough time in the day, man. Unfortunately, I would lo- I would love if there's more, but guy has to do this. He has to balance an Instagram page. He has to balance TikTok. It's hard to be me, Mitch, and then just the normal shit at yeah. all. You know? Right, exactly. It's like, um, you know, I live a pretty simple life. I'm not going to lie. But, um, you know, when, when you test positive for COVID and you miss like a week and a half of work and then you come back, it's kind of like, you know, damn, I was bored out of my mind. But it's also like I have, you know, no free time again all of a sudden. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's just it's just life. No, I know. I, I, I was up till two o'clock last night and I, I wasn't tired for most of the night. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, is it just my wife also does positive and she's currently not with me. So I'm by myself right now. And I think it's just like, when I'm like free reigning here, I just, it's like, it's all becomes very mindless. So, well, hopefully our uh, guy, Chris Middleton took a vicious elbow as we were just ending this podcast uh it's lots going on here in this Raptors game I I think we're we might get a fight I we get a fight tonight and we taped early I'm gonna be bad I'm gonna be hot that we didn't get to break down a fight but there's a lot of there are a lot of bows flying around there's a lot of a lot of shit kind of going on these two teams don't necessarily like each other um but we'll see I'm probably not I I just I always like a chance for a fight even if it means suspensions for my team and on top of it, it's going to be one thirty to to one twenty five, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Wally Walkshaw. Wally Walkshaw is going to be sick. They're going to be sick to their stomach. Then the Badgers right. will give up like seventy five to Iowa tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see and, about that. Who knows? And as I as I said to a guy one time on the WSSP Facebook page, who was like, the Bucks played a game. It was like one, you know, very high scoring, and some asshole commented on it. I posted like the final score, like, yeah. I, you know, I'd put our post game show up on Facebook or whatever, and a link to a story and with, with the final score and some guys don't, they don't they play defense anymore. So I, I found a box score from a game in like 1975 and it was like 150 to 
you know, just some wildly high scoring game from back then. And I just posted it under there. I don't even know if he responded, but just boomed just, down uh, his ass. Just got to do exactly. that sometimes. That's always, always fun. All right. Well, take care, everybody. I uh, hope you catch your MVP vote for good guys, not bad guys. Remember, and yeah. uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mahalo. See you. Bye.